I should tell you, sisters and brothers, that as disciples of Jesus Christ, we are going to learn how to be around death. Our faith has something to say about death. And indeed, our Lord never shied away from the topic. He never shied away from the purpose or even the inevitability of even his own death. There were other times when he would speak about his death freely and openly. And he had a perspective that showed us that he knew death's place within eternity. I want you to see this picture in your minds today that when his friend Lazarus died, our Lord, he even walked to the doorway of death. Now, myself, as I hear from this story in John, this familiar story about the raising of Lazarus, I'm trying to imagine first what the disciples were thinking as they watched Jesus make his way to the tomb of Lazarus. He's already confused them a little bit about why he waited so long to go see Lazarus. But as now he's at this moment, he's heard Martha, he's heard Mary, he says he's, he's going to show us something powerful. And now he's making his way to the tomb. Jesus cries. Other people scoff. And even at the very last minute when Martha before was so anxious to tell Jesus, if only you had been here sooner, even now she's like, Jesus, my brother's been dead for four days. Believe me, you do not want to go in there. It is not a pleasant smell. But knowing death's place, Jesus cried out. Jesus cried out. Lazarus! Come out! Now I want to remind you something important about that story. Right before he cried out to Lazarus, he prayed to God and he said something like this. Father, I have said these things so that they could hear me. You see what Jesus did? Father, I have said these things. In other words, I've used my normal voice so that everybody here could hear what I'm saying. But then when it came time to speak to Lazarus, what did he do? He yelled. Now, I don't think he yelled Lazarus could hear him. I think he yelled so death could hear him. Let, let's be real for a moment. Any of you children of anybody? Yeah. Uh, you, ever been a, you ever had a moment when you were afraid of your mama? Or your dad? Maybe when you were outside on the porch or in the yard or something, and I don't know, maybe they found something you were hiding. Maybe they found out something you did, and they call you from inside. Roy! Sorry, brother. There's another Roy I'm thinking of. Sorry. That's happened to me a few times, and I know in that moment, oh, I'm in trouble. I think Jesus spoke so that everybody around could hear. And I wonder if he was yelling at death, telling you, you are in trouble, death. That's right. Death, you are in trouble because indeed I hold the keys of life and death, Jesus might say.
to death. Are you all with me? Now, sisters and brothers, we don't know when or how, but sometime later, maybe months later, hopefully years and years and years after this day when Jesus calls Lazarus forth, something else happened to Lazarus again. He died. Now, that's not a biblical story. It's just a reminder about all, something about all of our lives, right? That no matter how much we have experienced the power and the grace of God, there comes a moment when we pass from this life to the next life. And I imagine when this day came again for Lazarus, again, this isn't a biblical story. I'm just kind of thinking how life looks. And if Mary and Martha were with him, that they would be sad again like they were the first time. But this time, I imagine that maybe they're perspective has changed a little bit. Don't you think? I imagine that this time they remembered last time. And that maybe they knew this time this was it. That Jesus wasn't going to come walk to the tomb, yell at death again, and that their brother was going to come and walk back out. But maybe this time they had a different perspective, whereas before they thought that maybe there was a time when Lazarus would resurrect at the end. But then they remembered. You see, they had heard Christ speak of this wondrous love of God. As we understand it, Jesus and Lazarus and his sisters, they were, they were friends. They were close friends. And close friends, when they got together, they didn't have the NFL to talk about. Thank God. They didn't have some of the silly stuff that we have to talk about as friends. I think when they got together and they talked about with friends, maybe they talked about a little bit of politics. Maybe they talked about the weather. But I am sure that when Jesus was there, they did a lot of talking about the love of God. And so Mary and Martha, if they're at this new day, this next time that Lazarus dies, I imagine their perspective is different because they have heard themselves about the wondrous love of God. And not only that, they have seen it on the cross when they saw their friend crucified. But I also think they saw how love overcame death on the third day. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta think about how, how, how the eternal love of God and the power of Christ's resurrection can change your perspective. Amen? Amen. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Why? Because I see through the lens of the power of God's resurrection. So that now, this time, I even wonder if Martha remembers those words that Jesus told her. I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. Even though they die, they live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. See, I imagine when death came to this family again, whenever it came again, This time it meant something new. Yes, friends, we learn how to be around death because our faith tells us that death is merely a passing into a new life. Yes, there is sadness when someone passes away. Amen. 
Yes, there is hurt. Our hearts hurt. Our hearts are breaking. We'll be sitting down one moment after someone passes away. It happens all the time. You're talking with friends and family. You'll be telling jokes. You'll be telling funny stories. And all of a sudden, the tears come out of nowhere. That happens, doesn't it? Of course it does. But let me remind you of something else that is true, even in the darkness of those moments when someone passes away, that our faith is still assured. That our faith, even though our heart is broken, our faith is built up. Because our faith is assured by the promises of God, not just for that person, but also for us. Not just for the promise that that person has met God face to face, but also for the promise of us that we too will know eternal life. Now today, sisters and brothers, there are three promises that we are celebrating in particular. You've already heard one of them, what Jesus told to Martha when he said, I am the resurrection and the life. I hope you don't read that as just words to a story. I hope you will read those as words of promise from the one true and living God. But here's another promise we heard this morning. Imagine John... Being on this island, he was sent away on this island and he sees this vision. And as he's getting to the end of the vision, he says, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. These aren't just words, friends. These are promises. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. Praise God. Praise God because our faith tells us that death's order in this life is limited. That death has an expiration date itself. I never forget. I was in seventh grade. And I was home by myself and the phone rang. It was the phone. It was attached to the wall, if you can remember that. Um, the phone rang and I picked it up. And I remember they asked for my mother. She wasn't home. And they said, well, we're calling from such and such nursing home in Louisiana. We want to tell you that, for me, it was my grandma bird, uh, has expired. Will you please tell your mother? And I remember hanging up the phone thinking, what does that mean? What does it mean that somebody expired? Now maybe that person didn't know how to deal with death. Maybe they weren't comfortable with it. Maybe they lost their words as they were trying to figure out what to tell a, a kid on the phone. But here's the promise that you and I have today, sisters and brothers, that death has an expiration date. Mm -hmm. That death will expire. That one day, even death itself will die. And that means that our mourning that happens because of death, the pain that we experience when death comes to us, and even the fear that so many of us have because of death, All of that will be gone. All of it will be wiped away. Praise God. There's only only one God that can do that. There's only one God 
who can tell God. There's only one God who can yell at death. And that is our God. And the third promise that you and I heard today comes from Romans, excuse me, 1 Corinthians. And what a powerful promise it is. Love never The love that we share with God is eternal because God is eternal. And God has said that his love will endure forever. And that's something that we experience with God one-on-one. It's something that we can experience with God as we worship, as we pray, as we encounter God in scriptures. This love that we share with God is eternal, but likewise, the love that we share with each other is eternal as well. Think about that. You're going to love me forever. (laughs) Go ahead, say it. I'm going to love you forever, John. Some of y'all don't believe that, do you? But it's not because of who I am. It's not even because of who you are, but because of who God is, because God has put this love inside of us. That means you're going to love this big-headed preacher forever and ever and ever. Amen. Amen. And anybody else that God has put into your path, you are going to love them for all eternity because it is the love of God that inspires us that way. Because the promise is, love never ends. You see, one day I'll stop preaching. One day Rudy's going to stop playing the organ. One day your Sunday school teacher is going to stop teaching Sunday school. One day you're going to stop being an advocate, advocate for the poor. One day, you're going to stop using the gifts, the the spiritual gifts that God has given you to be in ministry and to do ministry in the church and throughout the world. One day, because of the order of things now, you will stop doing those things, sisters and brothers. But the love that was put into those things, the acts themselves, will last forever because they were done in and through an eternal love. In fact, that's why you and I do what we do right now. Yes, we have seen the love of God in Christ Jesus for ourselves, first and foremost. But secondly, we have seen that love lived out by other saints in our lives. Now, we've been inspired by the faith of many saints. That's part of what we reminded ourselves here. That there are saints who are no longer here that... While we can't sit next to them in church, they are here, aren't they? And we've been inspired by the way that they have loved God and followed Jesus. We have been inspired by their instruction, inspired by their example, by their willingness to love us and to care for us. We have experienced that love, haven't we? And the promise we have today that even though they may not be here, the love that they did every single act of God for us and on our behalf and anybody else in the world, that love never ends. The Apostle Paul 
says we have been inspired by faith and hope. Praise God. But there's also love. And you know the passage. You've heard it read. If not before today, you've heard the Apostle Paul say that these three things remain faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. That's why today we remember the love shared by the saints of God that have passed away. This is no formality for us. This is a true part of the way we worship as the body of Christ. I I told some of you this morning, I know it sounds like blasphemy to some people, but I consider Resurrection, Easter Sunday, the highest Sunday that we have in the body of Christ. And the very next Sunday, you want to take a guess? This one. That's right. I think this is more important than Christmas. Because Jesus says he was resurrected. And then he reminds us, you're resurrected as well. And what we celebrate here is that every single one of these saints and the so many more that are in our hearts, they are resurrected before God today. And I know when we think that they're not, Year, it breaks our heart even still. But sisters and brothers, can we remember that they are worshiping eternally before God right here and right now? They're doing the same thing you're doing, but probably with a little more pizzazz. I don't know if they're sitting around up there. I don't know if they can stay as still as all you can stay still. And that, sisters and brothers, is something worth rejoicing for Why? Because we love them. We would want the best for them. We wanted the best for them when they were here. Amen? Wouldn't we want the best for them in eternity? So we praise God. For the joy that they must be able to see today. Uh, I want to show you something um, that I think is a good way to talk about what we're doing today. Would you show them the next video, please? The first coffin I ever built was for my my child when my wife had a miscarriage. It took me a while to figure out how to make the panels wide and make them pretty. It's such a personal thing to have your hands on there and to really be working with it. Coffin making seems to have really begun with furniture makers. Metal is a pretty recent innovation. And apparently now we use enough metal every year in our coffins to rebuild the Golden Gate Bridge buried in the ground. To build an entire casket takes me about 25 hours. Mostly what I do is sand. I feel like I sand and I sand and I sand. I never feel like it's finished. But then I guess that's kind of a fit thing because that's probably how we feel at the end of our lives too. I 
think one of the most important aspects of the coffin is that it can be carried. And I think we're meant to carry each other. And I think carrying someone you love and committing them is very important for us. And when we deal with death, we want to know that we have played a part and that we have shouldered our burden. So if we make it too convenient, then we're depriving ourselves of a chance to get stronger so that we can carry on. When I'm out here by myself early in the morning or in the middle of the night or something like that, I, I can get a sense of how work is love made visible. You know, the Benedictine monks say, work and pray. And I guess those things kind of bleed together for me. So it's not that I have some words in my head. It's more just a state of love and becoming a small part of a bigger picture that I don't fully understand. I'm building something for someone that people tend to think is a destination. People think that the grave is the end. And I'm trying to illuminate that, no, it's a doorway. celebration of life. And may it be this day that as we celebrate this eternal love, that our hearts and our faith would be full. Amen. Amen. Yeah, amen. Thanks be to God.